in Russia, a newspaper says it will start arming its journalist. ABC's Patrick Rival in Moscow has more. The editor of the Russian investigative newspaper Novaya Gazeta said he will arm his journalists with guns firing rubber bullets so that they can protect themselves. He said in a radio interview the paper has no choice amid a rising wave of attacks and threats on journalists and opposition figures in Russia. On Monday, a well-known journalist was stabbed in the neck at Russia's top liberal radio station by a man who appeared mentally ill. Many in Russia's liberal community have said the Kremlin bears responsibility for the attack, accusing it of stoking up hatred for its critics through state media. Two weeks before the attack on the journalist Tatiana Felgen-Gauer, State TV aired a report accusing her of trying to destabilize Russia on behalf of the U.S. She survived the attack. Novaya Gazeta has had six of its reporters killed since 2001. Its editor, Dmitry Muratov, said he will also be offering his journalists self-defense and firearms training. After his remarks, the gunmaker Kalashnikov said it will be offering a discount to journalists. The Kremlin said Monday's stabbing should be viewed only as the action of a madman. Patrick Rival, ABC News, Moscow. Interrogations are a vital and often misunderstood part of police work. A successful interrogation can lead to justice, but when cops abuse their tactics, interrogations can lead to wrongful convictions. ABC's Nightline host Dan Harris takes you inside that process. It's a process we all know from top shows like Law and & Order and How to Get Away with Murder. But we wanted to find out what's just on-screen drama and what's real. From procedure and technique to coercion and false confession. My journey started in the back of a squad car. When people are cuffed in the back seat here, do they complain about it being uncomfortable? Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it gets a little real. Watching is former FBI agent Brad Garrett. We're going to uncuff you. We're going to go take your fingerprints. We're going to photograph you. He says all of what I'm going through is part of the process of creating a relationship between cop and perp. The whole idea is to get you to feel in a very strange stress situation of you have some control because you can talk to us and maybe bargain on certain things. Law enforcement doesn't control whether you're going to stay in jail, you get out on bond, whatever it might be. But the things that you do in the next few hours may have a profound effect as to what happens to you down the road. We head into the interrogation. The space itself, not an accident. Garrett says the rooms are often nondescript, private, small, but not cramped. The key for me is that I need two things to start with. I need to be patient, and I need to be a good listener. Luckily for me, however, I'm innocent, and this is all a setup. But I'm starting to see how complex this process is. Interrogations are not an exact science, and there's plenty that can go wrong or right. Garrett shows me some techniques in action. In my mind, they got a gun. This from the interrogation of Michael Dunn, who shot and killed 17-year-old Jordan Davis in a 7-Eleven parking lot in a dispute over loud music. This guy like, goes down on the ground and comes up with something. I thought it was a shotgun. Dunn tells the officers he feared for his life, and then they counter with the facts. Biggest problem we got, the first hurdle we got to get over is that there is no weapon in that truck. And so the detectives accurately say, well, Michael, you, you keep telling us in this video that you were, you, were, you were scared for your own life, that you thought they were going to kill you. How does them driving away and you firing eight shots of them, how does that protect you? In another, detectives patiently listen to shocking details from serial killer Joseph Miller. Was she crying or screaming or anything? No, actually she didn't scream or anything. 
Yeah, I guess she was unconscious, I guess. So you hit her a few times just to yeah, make sure she was dead? Yeah. These detectives do a great job of just sort of walking him down the street, not being judgmental, not, oh my God, you did that to her? That's why it is so important, in my view, who you pick to do, interview and interrogation. With that can come some mistakes, including innocent people confessing to a crime they didn't commit. And as shocking as that sounds, one out of four people wrongfully convicted and later exonerated by DNA evidence have made a false confession or incriminating statement. That typically happens when you have agents and detectives who just keep going at you and going at you. And people will sometimes give up that they have done something that they didn't do because they want the pain and the anguish going on around them to go away. Just last year, the topic on full display with the case of Brendan Dassey featured in the docuseries Making a Murderer. Dassey spent nearly 10 years in prison, convicted of raping and murdering Teresa Halbach. But last year, his legal team filed an appeal based largely on the argument that his confession was coerced. A federal magistrate went on to overturn Dassey's conviction, later upheld by an appeals court, prompting the state to ask for another review. When you look at Brendan Dassey's confession, what do you see? They get him to say anything that they want him to say. Richard Offshee is one of the leading defense experts on interrogation tactics. He worked on the infamous case of the Central Park Five. Five teenagers who confessed in gruesome detail to attacking and raping a 28-year-old woman in the spring of 1989. But these confessions were all false. They came to believe that they would only be able to minimize their punishment if they cooperated with the police. These very real consequences, part of why Garrett says interrogations are so vital to the justice system. You can end up with false confessions because of the techniques you use. So if the confessions are not done well, you can have innocent people going to prison for crimes they didn't commit, and you can have guilty people getting off at trial because the confession's inadmissible. Exactly. It's a big deal. That was ABC's Nightline host, Dan Harris. And this is your afternoon show on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com.